Welcome to the Operation Move podcast. My name is Zoe and this week I'm talking with Jen and we're talking a little bit about um, experiences after having COVID. Uh, It's different for everyone but at least in both of our cases it went on a lot longer than um, than just like those, those sort of immediate immediate symptoms and um so we're talking a little bit about that and how you manage that with with running both not just physically but also also mentally as well and so how's your week been um it's been all right yeah, I sort of I decided at the start of this week that um, whatever it took, I was going to just stick to my plan and do everything on my plan because it's just it's been so hard to try and do it all. And so yeah, it's been good. I think this is the first week, literally, since having COVID nearly nine months ago, that I've been able to exercise pretty much every morning and feel okay. I must admit, I didn't get out this morning. That's because I was hosting a big event last night, which was super busy and, you know, lots of energy in front of TV cameras. And this morning I sort of thought, you know what, actually I think it would be probably better not to run this morning. Um, But, yeah, no, so just busy week, you know, always, every week's busy, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's like that. I keep seeing jokes about that, you know, like just like be like next week will be better and you just like repeat that for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or to maybe 20 years. It's just like, oh, man. So, yeah, I had a um, had like this morning was the first easy morning with getting the kids off to school. They're just like dragging themselves to their the finish line and I'm also dragging myself to the to the finish line so yeah it's just um it's just been and I think too up here like we went from sort of like cool-ish weather which other people might not think of as cool but like you know sort of around like 24 degree sort of weather to like coolish coolish (laughs) to like 30 degree and it just like clicked like overnight and it just mucks around with your sleep so much. Yeah. Mine less though, because there's an air conditioning unit in my bedroom for the kids, definitely. And then they come in. So like, because they're like, oh, it's cool in there. I'll go in there. Yeah. And then you kind of like get all um all disrupted with with sleep. But yeah, like I'm a bit the same in that I keep would keep sort of like having these plans of being like this is what I'm going to get through in the week and then stuff like it just does not go to plan so this week I was like right I'll pair it back to just like these are the days that I'm going to the gym and these are the runs and if and only when I'm getting through that will I progress to adding anything else in there and it's like more or less like uh going okay (laughs) but you know um but yeah like it is just and it's just one of those um those things where it just requires a lot of patience I guess yeah I think absolutely and I think it's just you know it's sort of there's so much kind of um 
you know, messaging in the media at the moment that we've all moved on from COVID, but, you know, we haven't. We're, we're sort of three, nearly three years into a global pandemic that's changed our lives in so many ways and caused such big, um, you know, just massive shifts in kind of how we go about things. And it's no wonder we all feel exhausted. And, and yes, you can kind of do the big flip and say, but yes, in Australia, we've been so fortunate and we have access to vaccines and access to healthcare. And of course, I'm super, super grateful for a million things. But even that flip-flopping between going, gosh, this is really hard. I'm really exhausted. and But I should feel grateful. Even that is tiring, let alone the actual day-to-day -day realities of, of, you know, being a working parent through a pandemic or even not a working parent through a pandemic. I just think it's been really hard and we're all very, very tired. <laughs> yeah, I do think that there is that that sort of persistent thing of like, oh, you know, like it's all over, back to normal we go. And you're like, I'm not um, getting that feeling from anyone I know. No. Like that's not. Um, and, you know, like uh yeah like it just it it doesn't um doesn't seem at all like I, yeah just like this overwhelming sense of just like burnout mm. and you know to the point where you know like I'll like have you know might have like a, a day off or or something and it, like if my phone rings on that day off doesn't matter who it is I probably won't pick it up yeah, like that sort of like <laughs> burnout that um I'm at is like there are times when I'm like I I just don't even have like the energy for anything. That oh, I'm I'm the same. Our, our house was built clearly for people who are taller than me. I'm not particularly tall, and I notice myself making decisions around you know, everything from what I'll get out of the pantry to all sorts of other mundane things based on whether I can reach it without having to get a stepladder because the act of getting a stepladder just feels like too much work. And that's just insane, right? I'm happy to go out and run 10K in the morning, but go and get a stepladder so that I can reach the top shelf in the cupboard. It just, it just feels too hard. It's just overwhelming. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it is just, um, it's, it's funny how that sort of, those sorts of uh, thought patterns and everything else like just pop up and even yeah like and you you think about it too it's sort of like one of those things where um, you know like I will probably would have been one of the least uh, economically affected person and you know like, just because like I've always worked from home. That's always what I've done. It's not, you know, unusual. Like my um, the the work stuff that I do is um, it's not really impacted. Um, you know, like the office is sort of outside of the house, all that sort of stuff. But in some ways, so I can only imagine how impacted somebody else with not those advantages would be. But in some ways, where like potentially it also the the flip side of that is it kind of affects you more because you're just expected to like continue on yeah completely through everything nothing has changed you know uh so like there are all of these sort of demands with kids being at home and other things happening but you're just like soldiering along and yep. um 
so uh so yeah i um i think it and it's just sort of yeah i think it's just changed how a lot of people do a, a lot of things like differently now you know like and just so many people in it's a bit like i always notice like when people were people seem to always be moving house in their late stages of pregnancy <laughs> you know, like what, that's good timing what i noticed and i was like yeah good timing but then it's sort of like that thing kicks in towards the end of the pregnancy where you're like this is a situation that has to be changed before the baby is born and so you you know and so you just sort of like busily doing all of that sort of stuff and with some of the covid stuff i think it's sort of like been a bit similar in that you know there's sort of like a uh a spotlight on okay like yeah is this really like what i want to be doing and then people mm. sort of like go around and sort of make changes associated with that too so there's been a lot of upheaval and you know and just with the way like even with the way the the job market is at the moment with everyone just like leaving jobs or resigning or starting starting new jobs and you know and like businesses struggling because like they don't have staff although to be fair i think that they probably just need to offer people more money <laughs> like yeah, there are constantly signs up everywhere saying we need staff but then the other day i saw locally a job for a administration management position that wasn't even like permanent it was contract and it was like 26 dollars an hour and i'm like you're not finding staff is not like a mystery here yeah, like, absolutely you just have to pay people so yeah and i think you know all these people who are thinking about leaving their jobs and and thinking about doing something new and kind of having reflected and and decided that maybe they want to make a change that's also hard though right because when you're really exhausted and you're feeling very burnt out and you're sort of finding smaller things overwhelming than perhaps you might have in the past taking on a new job i think at that point is is really hard too and i just i just sort of wonder where is it going to go from here so i was running a workshop last week for about 40 or 50 phd students and before i sort of launched into all of the stuff that i was there to share with them i thought i'm just going to check how they're all doing because i don't want to feel like i'm here saying you know and here's all these extra stuff that i think would be good for you to do for your careers and so i just started by saying you know can you put in the chat it was an online thing put in the chat a number from one to ten where one is you know I, I actually really struggle to get out of bed at the moment i'm so burnt out and so worn out and 10 is not firing on all cylinders feeling terrific everything's great and for those 40 or 50 the, the average score was two and a half like that's that's how worn out people are and these are people who are sort of getting messaging from above you know the, the direct impacts of of the pandemic are over you can be in the lab you can be in the field you can do whatever you need to do or you can be interviewing people you know you can progress your research so you know get stuck into it and yet these are people who are kind of like well i'm just so tired that i just don't know how to do that i don't know i don't know what the answer is it's really hard <laughs> no no and i i think that um like i've been working on like i did with work did a uh, dialectical behavior therapy course which is sort mm -hmm. of like skills based because uh, it's like was like an introduction course and one of the 
uh, concepts in there, which probably most people are familiar with, is like radical acceptance. And yeah. I think that um, I think that that has been really good because I think there's been a real like I've been sort of really like pushing back on things that I don't want to be through, but are. So, yep. you know, like I don't want to be burnt out, so I want to be able to do like all of these things, but actually having to take a step back and go, well, I have to accept this is <laughs> not like just because I want that to be the case and sort of also working through that. Um, some of it was also talking about how if you are not clear on what the like what the real problem is, then you will be busily working away on something that is not the real problem and yeah, absolutely. better. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I guess like we'll probably, um, people have probably joined us like mid-conversation a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> but like I had, where are we? Yeah, so three months. I had got COVID three months ago and for you it's nine months it's coming up to nine months early February I had COVID yeah soon and as my kids went back to school you know there was all the messaging around can we just delay the start of term one by a little bit because COVID's just absolutely rampant in the community at the moment and no 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 the kids have to go back to school and yeah my daughter came home with COVID in week one of term one <laughs> yes <sighs> so like in the like in the acute stage did it feel sort of did it really knock you around yeah i felt pretty pretty bad and i guess my yardstick for that is that in 16 years at my job i've never ever taken a single day of sick leave um, and i took a whole week off for covid so that was kind of that's a way of <laughs> measuring that <laughs> i felt pretty pretty bad um but I sort of, you know, look, I expected it. It seemed, you know, we were we were going out into the world. We were letting our kids go to school. We were, you know, being really smart, obviously fully vaccinated, obviously wearing proper masks, you know, yeah. doing everything right. But I still thought, look, it's, it's likely that we're going to get this thing and yeah. we should be okay. I, I was, to be honest, I was more worried about my, my son and my husband because they're both asthmatic. But I sort of thought, look, I should be okay. And look, when I say I got really sick, obviously nothing to write home about it there was no question of me needing extra medical care but it certainly made me feel really ill mm. but I think the far more surprising thing to me was just week after week once the initial kind of as you say the acute phase had finished so you know I wasn't coughing anymore I wasn't sneezing I didn't have sort of all those respiratory you know system problems but I had a very bad headache for months and months and for me just the all over kind of body aches and feeling of really deep deep fatigue that makes everything difficult and the feeling of brain fog of just I, I don't even know if I know what my name is let alone what I'm supposed to do today you know just feeling constantly scattered and like you just can't get an overview of anything that you need to think about um you know, all of that had just lasted for a really long time and very bad sleeping for me. That's been a part of COVID. And it's interesting because I actually got interviewed by the ABC about poor sleep um, and COVID months and months ago. Now, I think I was only six or seven weeks post-infection, but I get emails every, not every day, but a few times a week from people all over the world who've Googled 
COVID, poor sleeping, and come up with this article and see me, and because I'm easily Googleable, and then emailing yeah. me to say, "Oh my God, have you found a fix? You know, what have you done? Are you still sleeping badly? Because I can't sleep, and I'm X number of weeks past COVID, and I sort of often don't have the heart to say, well, you know, I'm now X number of months post COVID, and my sleep's definitely not like it used to be." Um, yeah. and, and it's all confounded, right? Like, yeah. is the poor sleep, does that explain the fatigue and the, and the brain fog? Does the, does the feeling of kind of mental exhaustion explain the poor sleep? How much of it is nothing to do with COVID? And it's just the product of three, you know, nearly three years into a really challenging, super, super busy time. So I, I don't know. I don't tend to use the words long COVID for myself, to be honest, partly because, I just find it a bit depressing, um, yeah. but but also I guess in deference to the people for whom I know, you know, they've they've lost so much. They can't get out of bed. They can't work. They've lost so much. And and I I'm not in that category. You know, I feel mm -hmm. very fortunate. I've been able to keep doing my job, and my job's pretty pretty demanding. Um, I've been able to do you know. So I I don't tend to think of myself as somebody who I guess has earned that label in a way. Mm -hmm. But by the same token. My life's definitely not like it was. I mean, you know, of all people, you know that my running, you know, the week before I got COVID, I think, you know, I, I was thinking that this year was going to be an awesome marathon year. I'd overcome last year injuries. I was super fired up. I think the week before I got COVID, I maybe ran, I can't remember, maybe 70, 80K or something. Yeah. Um, nine months later, this last week, and, and then this week will be my biggest weeks I've managed. And I think I'm sitting at about 28 30k and for months and months and months and months and months one run a week was whew, that was just exhausting and the thought of being able to run more than once a week was impossible and slowly that became twice a week and three times a week but yeah I, I, I don't feel anything like I did pre-COVID in lots of ways which is pretty humbling I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah I find with um, like I probably um would I use sort of like long COVID more like shorthand because like people, yeah, like you know particularly at the gym they'll be like oh what are you training for and I'm like I've got long COVID and that's yeah. the end of the conversation I don't have to like go yeah. into it any more than that you know like because it's just like it's it's one of those things where it definitely gives you an appreciation for people with um chronic conditions because mm. it is so sort of invisible yeah, like, 100%. and so it's sort of like, yeah, like I've I had that, um, like the cognitive drain was really quite incredible. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, with, um, you know, like really like making really basic mistakes at work that like in like a year previous I would never have made like mm. in a million years or even with like um just like recipes that I know or you know like even with like the crocheting stuff just like um missing stitches like th things like that and my mom's like oh but you know like what you're working on is quite complex and I'm like not the part that I missed yeah not yeah. it's just like um it's like it's so obvious and then and it would just like 
would do it repeatedly and be just like, oh my God, like I can't believe I did that again. Um, mm. And um, even like I would sort of like pick something up that maybe weighed a kilo and then have to go down and lie down for three hours. <laughs> it's just yeah, like... it's just... It's just extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, for a virus that on at one level sort of mimics respiratory conditions that we're quite familiar with, and and then you just discover all of these other effects. And and to be honest, you know, I'm a scientist, right? You'd expect me to have done all of the reading about long COVID, but I'm, I'm actually kind of putting my head in the sand to some extent. I sort of don't want to know because the stuff that I have read it's just really terrifying the, the the level of attack on all of these different organ systems and then i just go into this you know terrible spiral of oh my god i shouldn't have let my kids go to school what chronic health conditions are they going to have in you know in future because they got covid and i don't know it just does my head in and as you say i mean you somebody who is so strong and so fit to struggle that much after lifting something that relatively light i mean that's full on yeah, and I think it's, it's one of those things that are tough too because it's sort of like eating into things that are typically areas of strength. Like normally, like cognitively, I have an excellent memory, I'm excellent at pattern recognition, you know, and obviously like endurance is pretty good. And so to be like even when I went back to the gym and we'd do something like and it would be like a, a strength day so it's not supposed to be like a heart rate going sort of day so like maybe we're doing you know like uh three presses or something and then having a three minute rest or something like that or three squats or whatever and everyone else is like chatting and in between sets i'm like squatting down to get my heart rate mm. back you know, like that that kind of thing. So it's not just sort of like in running. It's like um, like in the we probably the first time I went for a jog, we were doing it was just like a hundred meter jog, like at the gym, like in between other things. And I was like, that's okay. I'll just like go slowly. And I looked down, and um, my heart rate was over one eighty. <laughs> wow shit yeah it's happening um and uh and so like having something that mentally you're so used to relying on like that's that's my strong mm. usually in the in the in the gym is like being able to recover quickly because i have good like cardio fitness and it's mm. like well you don't have that anymore <laughs> so yep. you're gonna have to adapt and um and so yeah just like that sort of that kind of thing and mentally and just kind of and then sort of managing all of the sort of stresses without sort of like relying on those sort of like protective factors that used to be mm. sort of like comforting <laughs> like you know going well I got this really stressful day at work but you know like I will like I'll go and I'll do this run and I'll feel like highly competent and I've achieved something and then like I'll go into into work and instead it's like well now this thing that you've been good at for 10 years you really suck at 
yeah and, yeah and i think i think that's so important to realize because you don't think of something like COVID as having the capacity to really undermine your self-confidence but when you can no longer trust yourself to be good at things that you've always been able to rely on it's really scary so for me the equivalent is not the gym but it's you know I, I do a lot of live radio I do a lot of live events I MC things like I have to be able to think clearly I have to be able to be fully on top of you know multiple things going on at any one minute I have to be able to ad lib I have to be able to immediately have the right word come to my mind all of those things and I lost a lot of confidence because mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'd be trying to do those things and the right word wouldn't come to me it just I couldn't pull words out of the air or I'd lose track of hang on you know I, I just my memory is so bad now that I'm like I have I just done that segment did I just do that thing on the run sheet two minutes ago or didn't I I actually can't remember and that is yeah. so stressful to suddenly have this this recognition that actually I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time and I just can't think clearly and you just lose so much confidence in yourself it's terrifying yeah yeah it is and it, and it is one of those things where like I even found like we had like a um a work dinner um not that long after I'd had COVID and I found it a real struggle to sort of mm. like string multiple sentences together at yeah. dinner when people were talking to me just like finding words and you know which is generally also always been pretty pretty good at um yep. and and it is it just and also is seems really random like the kids had COVID as well but they were sick for one day and then you wouldn't have known that they were <laughs> sick and the challenge was keeping them in the house while they were in isolation and bored out of their skulls mm. and Josh got COVID and he worked the whole way through and you wouldn't have known that he had anything more than a cold and I don't yeah. think that if I hadn't tested positive that he would have even thought to have tested himself because it was just sort of like and he's asthmatic yeah wow um and has had no real uh like post-viral anything as as a mm. result of it and it's just one of those things where that like I'm obviously I'm grateful <laughs> that I'm the only one that has yeah, had like hundred percent long term effects, <laughs> but it it's also one of those things where it does seem really random. I mean, I can look at my situation and go, well, you know, I'd run a marathon like ten days before, so my mm. system was quite compromised, I would say, um, and that's probably also didn't didn't help. But it's also one of those things where I just don't think that you can pick how people can react. And there's this sort of like really quite negative approach that people have where they're like, I can't believe that you got so sick because you're so fit. And it's like that's not like a thing. And it's also <laughs> really not helpful. I also think it's crap that I got really sick and I really wish I hadn't, but you know what? It was not in my control. And, you know, you'll never know. You've got a sample size of one. You'll never know if you might have got less sick had you not run no, a marathon like, the, you know, the not, week before. You'll never know. Not surprising, like, the 
case of like runners do tend to get more respiratory infections than the general mm. population anyway. Um, so it's not exactly sort of surprising, which is just, but um, but it is just like one of those, like uh, those sort of narratives with COVID that I think was quite dangerous is all of the people out there going, well, I'm healthy and I'm strong and I take care of myself, therefore I don't have to worry about yeah. getting infected. And it's like, well, that's not really a thing. No, you, know? <laughs> you might want it to be, but it's not. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so that sort of like has, you know, continued uh, a little bit, I think, as well. And as much as possible, like I try like to not not talk about it with people because yes. it's sort of like it's one of it is like one of those things where I'm lucky in that you know now sort of like work-wise I'm quite like functional you know like and sort of like fatigue levels are you know subsiding and everything like that so it's sort of like it it, it is one of those but I know that with sort of the um the running and the fitness side of things it, it's not like I know what I'm like and I know it's not normal like it's not mm. you know it's just um and so it's sort of at this stage it's just effectively impacting a hobby <laughs> um mm. But, yeah, you know, it's like it's just a hobby. It's also a big part of your sense of self and your sense of achievement. And, you know, I, I mean, and, yeah, I hear yeah. what you're saying. The fact that you can function properly at work is a, is a great step forward. But yeah, yeah. You can't and undermine the effects it's having on you more generally. Yeah. And it's sort of, it, it is just um, one of those, one of those things where, um it ad just adds to the hidden nature of it it's like well mm. you know like from the outside it looks like everything is fine but then sort of like having this it is a bit like it feels very similar to that period of long rehab that I had mm. where I went from like an area where I was really strong into like you can't do that anymore and you can do other things, but you really are bad at them. So I had to, like, yep. teach myself how to swim, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. And I wasn't able to, like, walk other than, you know, like things that I needed to do, like to pick up the kids or, or whatever. And so I wasn't really allowed to be outside in any sort of real way. And it feels like a lot like that because it was hard to have something that you rely on for your like sense of confidence. Like even mm. in the sort of in the gym environment where everyone is loads stronger than I am. Yep. But you always sort of have that in the back of your mind. Well, yes, but like I'm running, like that's my identity. So it's whereas and then you go to, well, now I suck at both things. Um, <laughs> and it's not overly uh overly comfortable um but so yeah it feels sort of like very similar to that and that having to sort of like develop all of these new ways of like 
of coping strategies basically for mm. you know, like mental health and everything else and yeah. and that's sort of like really unfamiliar territory because you're just used to things being different yeah yeah absolutely and it takes a lot to get used to I mean I I yeah I haven't done a really extended period of rehab like you have but for me I got through you know 2020 here in Melbourne we spent most of the year in lockdown it was really mm -hmm. tough and my way of managing that plus work plus homeschooling everything was to run and I ran a lot and I ran too much on on sealed surfaces um and I ended up you know with a with a stress reaction and on crutches for seven weeks and and then the coming back to running was such a slow slow process and you know so months and months of not being able to do what I'd relied on doing pretty much every day <laughs> to get through the previous year and it does it changes everything your coping mechanisms have gone and your sense of you know I used to love the fact that even though I knew I'd have a crazy day of trying to get all of my own work done, not feeling like I was letting my kids down by not being able to support them, trying to manage. You know, in 2020, you sort of look back and you kind of go, oh, yeah, it was fine. But it wasn't. In Melbourne, 2020 was full on. Um, yeah. Well, 2021 was probably more full on. But, you know, so I feel like you're trying to manage all these things and knowing that going out for a run at 5 o'clock in the morning, we're only allowed out for an hour a day, but going out and running from 5 to 6 every <laughs> morning, it meant that my day started with a sense of of kind of, I know who I am. I know I can achieve this. I feel like I'm ready to face the day now. And then to, yeah, have that taken away from you unceremoniously, it's hard. It's really hard if it's something that you're used to relying on. Yeah, I used to, I remember when we had that one hour a day thing and I was like, could I get some donations of other people's <laughs> yeah, out? Not like using them? Like particularly where I am because I could easily run for two hours and see no one, you know, yeah, I get some like, like like take my kids hours because they're not using it to go outside I yeah um, I had to I had to stop following some people on Strava in those periods because I just felt so angry that most of us are trying to do the right thing here yeah. and then I'd see people I knew on Strava who were just completely disregarding the rules they were going outside the 5k zone they were running for hours and hours and hours and I'm like oh I shouldn't let it bother me because you're you and you can do what you want and it doesn't affect me but gee it annoys me that you're not sticking to the rules so I'm like unfollow unfollow, yeah, unfollow. I, I just of, don't want to see a bit of that with like people like posting like when you're not supposed to be running with anyone or like not more than one person and people posting yeah. like all of these group photos and I was like I yeah can't, I can't have that in my consciousness yeah, yeah. me too yeah, um, me too. I'm just like, I don't want to see it. If you if you feel entitled that you can go and do that, then that's up to you and your conscience. But I don't want to see it. <laughs> no. No. And uh, so, yeah, I, and I think it is one of those things too where like I almost feel like, like now when things like pop into my like time hop or whatever from pre-2020, like it doesn't even feel like real. Mm. Like it's like it's so far removed from everything like over the last few years where it almost feels like a different person did that, you know. Like, yeah. um, and so like, yeah, like I don't, just am not no longer really connected to it at all i mostly like keep the time hop stuff going because then every year oh well 
depends on the time of year, but I'll get like my kitten photos from when that's yeah. the little. <laughs> um, I, I want to see those. Then also like pictures of the kids and stuff like that is, well, mostly it's good. Uh, this week I had to put in the expression of interest for high school and that was. <laughs> oh, it's fooling, isn't it? Time, time flies. Yeah. Um, but I find it I find it hard because on the one hand I agree with you, like 2018, 2019 just seems so long ago. Yet in my head, talking about kind of radical acceptance and maybe things don't get to be the way just because you want them to be that way. But I'm like, surely it's not going to be that hard for me to be that fit again. Like I think of 2018 me and 2019 me. I'm like, I want to run like that again. Surely that's not going to be that hard. It wasn't that long ago. So this is quite complete discrepancy in my mind about how I feel about three years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think that think that um, it like it. It's one of those things that I look at and go, like, I don't think like if I look at back at my fittest in, um, I think maybe it was two thousand and eighteen, maybe two thousand and nineteen. I don't know, um, and. I'm like, I don't think, like, I think that I could have from that point uh, if COVID hadn't happened, if I'd sort of, like, continued to train, I think I could have gotten faster than that. Like, I didn't mm. feel like I was at my absolute ceiling there. And if I look at, um, so I still sort of believe that, um I could get back to that, but it's also one of those things with I think that like one of the good things about more concrete injuries is that there's a time frame, you know, like so when I had like the fracture, I was like, this is a you know six to twelve week injury, and it's like fine, like that's a really clear time frame when it yeah. no longer hurts, I can walk when I can like hop, I can do this and it just like bang, 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 yeah. work through it. Whereas this is sort of like, okay, like it is getting better, but like I don't really have like a clear sort of time frame. but I'm also sort of like starting to feel like it's also not going to get better by me being so depressed about it that I don't like actually train. Absolutely. given that I have the capacity to but it's you know you could easily get into like oh this is depressing and this is like so much work to do and you know like all of that sort of stuff and not really sort of like actually put the effort into sort of like structuring it to like okay like here are things that you can do like particularly like even with the sort of like the heart rate stuff I'm like okay but you know like you can do loads of anaerobic stuff that isn't going to, isn't about that sort of like that endurance sort of thing. So like at the moment I'm doing um, maximal hill sprints. It doesn't like stop. It's eight seconds, you know, mm. but it is it is sort of like about developing power and all of that sort of, that sort of stuff. So I am sort of at that stage where I'm like, ah, like it's got to be a bit of both. Like I've got to be able to recover and, you know, like trust that things are going to get better over time. But yep. also if I don't do what I can now, I'm just like putting myself even further in a hole that I'm mm. then going to have to sort of, and it's sort of that 
that real sort of like balance of doing enough but not so much that it sort of really exacerbates any sort of like lack of recovery or fatigue and yeah it's a real mm. sort of dance and I think the the whole is really easy to get into because not only are you dealing with kind of the ongoing COVID stuff but you're also a hell of a lot less fit than you used to be so <laughs> for me going out and thinking okay I should being you know should be the operative word I should be able to go out do this run I think I've recovered enough to be able to do that you know a couple of days this week but then you go out and oh my god it's just so hard because you've lost so much fitness and the memory you have of yourself just being able to go out and have that joyful experience of running it's just so far from that because you just feel exhausted before you even start and you know oh I've run I've run 300 meters can I stop and have a rest now <laughs> The, the hole is pretty deep, I think. But I think for me, I mean, I guess for anyone who's listening who's kind of going, oh, yeah, this is so me and I just don't know how I'm ever going to get back to it. So as I said, I'm now nearly nine months post, post-infection post and I'm really starting to see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. And mm -hmm. for me, it actually came from um, from doing a race. So my, one, my eldest kid is 14 and he's a really great, little runner he's not little he's way taller than I am but you know he's a really good runner and we uh we'd registered to do quite a few races together during COVID and of course they all got cancelled or yeah. then I, he had COVID or I had COVID anyway he's got all these bloody race bibs on his wall and he'd never done a single one of them <laughs> um and then finally you know Melbourne uh, Melbourne Marathon last month it's like well we're both well how about we run together and uh and he's he's only 14 so he's not allowed to even consider doing the half which I think yeah. he'd, he'd do it half fine, but you've got to be 16 to do the half. So yeah. we agreed that we would do the 10K together and I felt good about that because I'm sure I could run a half distance, but it would have been so far off a PB and probably yeah. felt like a bit of hard work. And he was happy to run at my pace because he's a lot faster than I am. He's like, no, mum, let's just run it together. It'll be fun. So he'd never done a race before. Um, and, oh, my gosh, Zoe, like just the joy. I mean, you know what I'm like. I'm super extroverted. I love being around people. And I, I just nearly cried the whole way poor Rowan was so you know like mum <laughs> come on but for me just being well enough to run with thousands of people and it was just the most stunning weather you could ever hope for a race it was cold it was sunny it was Melbourne in all of its autumn perfection hot air balloons in the sky you know music pumping at the start line here I am with my beautiful son who's discovered a love of running and oh it just was just every minute of it was joyous I felt strong I was able to run it faster than I thought I'd be able to we ran into the G together and I'm like go on and sprint mate sprint so he took off on a major sprint and um and just I don't know and and since that moment I'm just like you know what I'm not fit it feels hard I'm still very fatigued I don't feel like myself but god I just love running and I just want to do it more um and so that was a real turning point for me and I've really been kind of clawing my way back out of the hole in the in the few weeks since and this week I've as I said, you know, last week and this week have been my biggest running weeks. I've managed to bring some strength back into my routine, just some short, short strength routines. I'm doing my rehab again properly. Um, so I, I do think there is light at the end of the tunnel for those of us fortunate enough that, that long COVID isn't a really long-term, completely debilitating thing. Um, yeah. it's, it's starting to feel like maybe long runs are going to be 
possible for me again. And I just feel so grateful to have a body that, uh, with all of its problems, still allows me to do that. It's pretty exciting. And I think that you need, like I probably had, like every run was like a bit of a slog fest and it just like never felt easy, like it never, and every, like I've probably had two runs that felt like close to my sort of like my old self and I just was like, oh, okay, like you almost forget what it's like because it's yeah. so rough and it's yeah. like I just got to hang on to yeah. that sort of that experience and go, no, like that is what it is going to be like eventually. <laughs> you just got to sort of like it can be easy with with sort of like long-term things to sort of like lose the faith. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think those... Yeah. I think those little glimpses, right, they're, they're just kind of enough to remind you, now hang on, the slog fest is worth it because the slog fest is going to lead to more of this and, and and I remember what this feels like and I want to be the person who gets to feel this way. I think just little glimpses can get you back on track. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, and like admittedly up here, uh, like it is going to be a bit of a, like getting through summer up here mm. is can be pretty challenging at the best times. I mean, usually it's not, I think February is usually pretty uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> like, but now that um, it's nice now that it's uh, sort of always like after the daylight saving changeover, it's a bit uh, awkward because like the time when it's normally light, it's now like pitch black and there's a lot yeah. of around in the dark but now that it's yep. lighter you know like if going for a run at you know like five six in the morning is quite nice and it's still like the temperature at that time is quite nice and not awful like mm. I can no longer go for a run at like 9 30 that's like thing <laughs> of the past it's like nothing it's like 6 a.m nothing which in some ways is also really good because like having that level of restriction actually helps me to get it done mm. not absolutely like, yeah oh, you like, can't delay it's like no you can't you're not going later yeah. like that's not yeah. that's not happening um so so yeah like in some ways you're kind of like used to with the humidity and the heat up here like it's always like I always kind of go oh, just like see what you're not going to know how running feels until you get to April <laughs> but um, and how much do you use your treadmill Zoe when it's really hot and, and humid how much do you use your treadmill oh I would rarely like the only time that I've really used the treadmill is more like either torrential rain um because I don't mind like normal rain like normal rain's okay um, in some ways, particularly when it's warm, it's sort of cooling you down. But if it's absolutely like flash flooding type of rain, then I would use it then. Um, yeah. And sometimes I've also used it when, like as a time-saving thing, like I've got to be out of the house with the kids at 10, like on the weekend or something. And even though it sh there shouldn't be extra time associated with like going out of the house and going for it, there is. totally is yeah. Um, so I've used it for that. Have never used it in uh, 
in the heat in part because I need to put some extra doors in the garage so it's actually quite like the treadmill's got a fan but it can be quite hot in there yeah at the the best of times and like the heat uh heat training even when you're doing it early in the morning like i do is actually gives you like more of a fitness bump than if you were training at altitude so Mm. that's like my mantra is like yeah yeah like <laughs> pretend like I'm doing it on purpose, like this is like a training. Yeah, proper training. Um, <laughs> although my my uh, my doctor is like, all of this is pointless if you don't take your iron supplements. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I gotta, uh, take the iron and then get sort of like retested. He's a um, he's a runner as well, which helps. So um, it's it's nice to have uh have someone who like is looking at like what's optimal for running versus what is like the bare minimum and he's like because your iron was really low and I'm like I know that you feel like that's true (laughs) but for me from a comparative level it actually wasn't that bad and he's like it's bad um so but I think that with um like a lot of my my iron is non um can't be fixed with diet so Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is um to do with uh also the uh blood loss during period so on some medication for that to minimize so it's um it just it reduces the heaviness and also the duration of the period so that we can kind of like impact the like I can take the iron supplements, but like everyone knows, like iron supplements can be pretty unpleasant. Absolutely. On the yeah. You know, so <laughs> I try to do like the other little things that can help it, like with like taking that sort of medicine and also, you know, like you have some things that help your iron absorption more. Yep. So like I've found that if I'm having um, beetroot, that helps me to absorb mm-hmm. Iron, I think there's something on that. So yeah, um, which is also which is good to have with sort of like with all of the post-COVID stuff. Is like your body just needs like all the help it can get. Absolutely. Other people I know who are sort of in that sort of like post-infection phase. It's just like the immune system is so gutted that you almost like can't like any kind of any new infection kind of like really knocks people around and, you know, mm. that sort of the, the sort of like immunity is, is oh, I haven't had um, anything recently, but one of the, I think one of the hard things when I did have COVID is I had COVID and then um, a week lo- later I got a really bad dose of the flu. Mm. And so it was sort of like just having that double sort of double whammy on the on the on the system. And one of the kids had it with me, and I was like, "Wow!" Like I actually sort of thought of it as the same infection, but then I realised, no, they got better, and then we got the flu. Yeah, got the flu again. Yeah, and particularly with like having also effectively like not had a cold or flu for two to three years just based on isolation and hygiene. 
yeah absolutely and it's just like you're like oh i really hate being sick yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so uh i mean i think sort of one of the not not that i really think there's many silver linings from having ongoing covid symptoms but for me it has really made me be good at going back to basics and recognizing how prone i am now to getting sick with other things and you know just am i actually prioritizing sleep am i eating a stack of vegetables am i not going anywhere near alcohol am i trying to not go anywhere near kind of processed sugar all the things that i know i feel better when i do those things but yeah. during the pandemic it was just so easy to fall into bad habits not not really alcohol so much i don't tend to because i sleep really badly when i drink alcohol um but for me you know and especially with the kids it's just like oh you know let's have a friday night packet of chips with a movie and yeah of course we can go and buy icy poles you know just kind of the easily accessible treats and you sort of take stock and go oh actually all the basic things that i know make me feel better i'm not actually doing all of those basic things anymore and so that's been a good thing for me to come back to what are the things in my control that i can really quite easily take charge of here that i think will lead to me feeling more energetic which is then a positive upward cycle of if i feel a bit more energetic i'm more likely to do go and do more of these things that i know give me both a, a physical boost but also a mental boost um yeah and i also I think think that with like what's helped me is like part of the challenge with that stuff with nutrition is like I know I need to do this but I'm low on energy required, yeah. <laughs> and so I've just gotten really good about like a of sort of like having shortcuts to it so like I have um like I go when I go to the supermarket I buy like the salad mix with the dressing yeah. And so I'm not like chopping up any vegetables. I'm not like doing any of that. I'm just like, do that, put that in a bowl, like put my protein in the air fryer, add that in. I have some like microwave brown rice, like just like absolutely like, and pre pandemic me would be like ridiculous. Like, you yeah, can, yeah. What a waste you, of money. You can, you know. <laughs> you're perfectly capable of cooking rice you don't need like you know pre-prepared like microwave rice and like current me is no you do because like this is the thing that is gonna lead you to have like a proper lunch with all of the yep. things that you need in five minutes with zero effort on yep. your part and um and so just like those sorts of things or even like um like they have like a um a nice uh, lentil and sweet potato pre-made soup at the supermarket as well and i'll get that i'll add mm. some like tofu to it add some rice sort of like treat it like a curry sort of like yep. you know all of that sort of pre-made stuff because like i know that i don't have the energy for anything else and even um I mean, some things are pretty pretty easy to make because it's like it's like how long does it take me to cook like veggies and tofu in a stir fry? Like not, not long, but it's sort of there's like that mental. 
Well, that's like me in this. Yeah, it's me in the step ladder, right? It takes a millisecond to go and get the little ladder and stand up so I can reach the top shelves. But in that moment, it just feels like a barrier and it's a stupid, nonsensical barrier, but it feels like a barrier. And if these barriers for you to improving your nutrition can be fixed by buying a bag of salad, I sort of think as long as it's not preventing you being able to pay your power bill or whatever, you know, yeah. I actually think it's okay if you've got enough discretionary income that you can spend an extra $10 a week on whatever it takes to get more veggies down your mouth and your family's mouth. I actually think that's fine. I yeah. think it's okay. And it also, like, I think it also in general leads to less food waste because then I agree. what happens yeah. is like I then buy stuff and then don't chop it up and then I end up having to throw it out, you know. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things that just like, yeah, you just got to like lower the barrier to entry and Josh has done the same like I usually get him those like pre-made meals like the my muscle chef ones or whatever or like get that because um you know like he was wanting to lose a bit of weight post-covid and it's just like it just takes out so many decisions like you don't have to choose your portions you don't have to worry about what you're going to cook it's just in there heat it up yep. you eat it just like and I think that that's sort of also been like good with like getting rid of some of that sort of just like cognitive drain is like what decisions can I take out of my hands that I don't have to be yep. like actually thinking about like just like what can I strip back um and uh and yeah like it's just you know, you got to kind of, it's like whatever I think I can handle, I'm like, okay, but like take away more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is exactly why I love having you make a, you know, a running program for me because probably I've been running long enough now that and given that I'm not, you know, a high-performance athlete, I could probably cobble together what would be a reasonable running program for myself, but I wouldn't do it, whereas because you tell me what to do, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't have to make decisions. What did Zoe tell me to do today? Okay, I'll go and do that. And admittedly, I haven't been following it as a result of COVID stuff for a long time. But this last week or so, I've just saying, okay, I'm just going to do whatever Zoe's told me to do. I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to think about it. It's um, it's really, really beneficial just to, I'll give this to an expert to look after and I'll just be, I'll just follow along. It's great. Yeah. And that's like the reason as well why I've been at, um, I don't know how long I've been going to PT, but it's probably like a good like couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it's like I could throw together, like I could choose stuff to do and do it, but it's so nice to just give that to somebody else and they like he'll decide like yeah. what I'm doing. And exactly. um he had uh like a student uh on uh on doing like a placement with him one week and I know her from the gym so like we're already familiar with the mother and she's like oh like what's the what are you and what are you guys working on like what are your goals and I'm like I just do what I'm told like yeah he knows <laughs> like you know is familiar with sort of like my running and like what my strengths and weaknesses are and I just like that's 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 a him problem. That's not that's yeah, not yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just there to comply. Um yeah. and um so 
yeah, I think that it can take like, yeah, anything that just like can take, uh, take off sort of like some of that, some of that load, particularly, I think that, you know, like with kids and the house and everything like that, there's so many things that I'm sort of like responsible for, like managing, like whether it's like with their school or with forms or like their activities or, you know, like what they're eating or like anything else, like any time I can remove some responsibility from myself and give it to someone else, I'm like, yes, this is yeah. a good decision. 100%. And I just think we've got to be kinder to ourselves you know you and i in the olden days might have beaten ourselves up over i can't afford this or this isn't somehow you know this is too extravagant or whatever it is but you know what we both work hard we both earn money and if we choose to spend money on having support for our well-being and fitness i'd much rather spend that money than than other things that i could potentially spend that money on i think it's yeah, i get a lot it's a good deal and yeah, like I gotta spend money on the the council rates, but it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like there are there are those things where like um there are, it's funny like where you sort of you draw those like lines in the sand of like what you like have to spend money on and what you like I always resent spending money on the car, even though yeah. like, you, need, to get <laughs> you need it. <laughs> and you know, um and I initially resented, like, we had to replace the washing machine. And I was like, oh, you know, like, this is $1,000 that I would really rather spend on something far more exciting than, you know, the washing machine that's broken. But yeah. it is because it's, like, a new one and it's a lot more fancy than the old one. I'm like, this is amazing because it has, like, has like a 15-minute cycle for when I need to, like, wash, like, stinky kids clothes and get them like in the same morning so like in there yeah. in the dryer um because uh, like particularly like one of the kids there is one school shirt that they wear and only one and I've been unable to shift them to anything else so I have to sort of like manage that stink situation yeah. pretty closely um and it also has a thing where you if you've started the cycle you can open it up and put an extra thing in that you forgot oh that's good that's good and so um so i've grown to love that purchase mm. <laughs> although and literally a written. fairly important purchase in the scheme of things being able to wash clothes yeah so it's it's yeah like the and it's kind of funny too, like oftentimes like I will like for ages I've battled with this ridiculous can opener and somehow resisted spending five dollars <laughs> which is like vastly like it's like oh my god, like this is so much easier, like once you sort of like replace it or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know why I was being so stubborn. With that. Oh, I think I think the inertia, the inertia is strong, right? It's just so easy to go. I've dealt with this for a long time. I'll just keep on dealing with it. You know, I'll just suck eggs. It's not that big a deal. But then, yeah, I've had a few things like that recently too. You sort of, but you got to come out of the trenches, right? Like when you're just in survival mode, 
and everything feels hard and and you're constantly in a state of kind of anxiety or overwhelm or whatever it's really hard to just go hang on i could just get a new one i feel like you sort of got to get out from the trenches yeah. be able to look up and see the horizon to go you know what it would actually be really easy to fix this i don't have to put up with this as it is but uh, yeah i think it can be hard to kind of have that clarity of thought that's something i've really missed this year it's just that basic clarity of you can change this <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think that's that is sort of like the nature of overwhelm is like just like lacking that perspective to be able mm. to sort of like just move out of it and just like head in the sand with everything because it's like well you know like I've got all I can handle right here, yeah, and, you know, exactly. like any, anything else is um, is just too much and, you know, like and I've sort of only just gotten to the point where I, like I've always got like a list of things that I need to do but I procrastinate on because I find them overwhelming in, in, in some way. Like it could be and they're often like actually short things like it's mm. not like oh this is this huge job that I've got to do it will be like I've got to like fill out this like form for the school or like I've got to like respond to this or whatever it is and I've actually just sort of had to start like going okay like here's my list of my like things that I've got my head in the sand that I'm avoiding and every week I'll just like try to tick off like one of those things or maybe yeah. a couple if I'm having a day where I feel like I have the the capacity for it and just like slowly sort of like work through because yeah it is just like one of those things where you have this thing you're supposed to be doing and then you're like getting frustrated with yourself it's like why can't I just like do this thing that's going to take me five minutes and you just have that real sort of like strong resistance because it's like no, I don't want to yeah that's that's definitely been a hallmark of ongoing COVID symptoms for me just this strong sense of I just cannot face doing that and I know that's silly because I know it's not that hard and I know probably it won't take me that long and when I do finally do it of course you beat yourself up thinking god I could have done that weeks ago but <laughs> just that real sense of resistance to I just don't want to do that thing. And I know I have to do that thing, but I don't want to do that thing. And that's been, it's been quite hard for me actually, because I got lots of, I mean, I, I love my job. I'm really grateful to have the job that I do, but there's a lot of parts of it that are not my favourite. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, just that resistance of, oh, I just don't want to have to do this thing. And you kind of feel like you're a toddler having a little hissy fit about it. Yeah, and it just sort of like erodes at that sense of like, self-efficacy that Absolutely. you have where you know like used to being a very productive person and now you are still a productive person but significantly less in particular areas yeah. and it's just it's so uh so challenging to deal with that sort of like I've also find, found it quite challenging in that I have real trouble sort of like following through on mm. on things so I'll be like oh, I'm committed to doing this say strength training program at home and I'll be good with that for like maybe two weeks and then the sort of like the overwhelm or the burnout will kick in and I'm like uh, I can't do that 
like I'm not motivated enough to do that. I thought that I had capacity for that, but I do not. <laughs> and then yeah. and then it sort of like starts to erode the confidence a little bit. It's like I can't actually sort of like my follow through has been compromised. Mm-hmm. And then you're going, no, I'm going to need to like work out something that's less than that. And then you try that and I'm going, no, less than that. <laughs> I know, and it's really demoralising, isn't it? Because the thing I found is just that everything takes me a lot longer than it used to. So all of my predictions, you know, I write myself a list of things I need to do that day or that week at work or whatever, and and in my brain I think that should be doable in X hours and it's 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 generally not doable in even double X hours anymore. I'm just so slow with things and every email I write I know I've got to double check if it's important because it'll be full of typos and just things that I just have never struggled with before and it's really demoralizing because yeah we perceive ourselves as these productive capable women who can smash out a heap of stuff in between all these other things we do and then all of a sudden you discover oh actually I can't rely on myself to be able to get those things done in that time frame anymore and and then you end up in this whole catch-22 of well, the only way I'm going to get it done is if I work on the weekend or the only way I'm going to get it done is if I stay up and work tonight. But yeah. then that is a self-fulfilling prophecy that you end up even less productive because you haven't had any downtime. So, you know, the obvious answer is you need less work to do, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I, I don't know what I don't know what the answer is. I have gotten a lot better at single tasking. Like mm. I've given up on the, like, I don't do, like, I don't switch between like because like multitasking is a bit of a myth like you're not really multitasking you're switching just switching switching. which when I I read that uh book stolen focus which had a lot of like really interesting stuff about like the mental drain on switching and that like if you're switching between tasks it usually takes your brain at least 20 minutes to like catch up to that switch and so you can easily lose hours and hours of time of like switching between things um so i've gotten a lot better at just like doing one thing and mm. just but yeah it does take a lot um a lot longer and even with simple things that don't require loads like i was editing the podcast with ness the other week like three hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because it takes careful thinking when you're editing, and um, and so, and particularly because you'll have like bits of the conversation that like this is for the podcast and this is not for the podcast. And I'm like, I definitely don't want anything that I don't want on the internet being mm. on the internet. And so, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, like this is and. In my mind, I was like, record for an hour, edit for an hour. That's like, but as it turned out, it was like record for an hour and a half and then edit for significantly longer than that. And then, and you, and I just sort of like forgotten, like, oh, it's editing. And then I got to create the artwork. And then it's like, this was like all these steps that, you know, you kind of, uh kind of miss and everything like that so yeah and it 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 is just a constant reminder of like no like this this takes as long as it as it takes and um 
and also sort of going okay like I need to prioritize my morning brain to things that require morning brain and shift yeah. things that you know don't require morning like be quite deliberate with how I'm doing that particularly like uni starts again next week so um I've uh, picked two online subjects so I don't have to like I can ease in and not have to travel in like particularly what like with the kids on over over their uh their break but even like I've watched like the first it's like the lecture is in three parts so I watched the first one and took notes and it was like a 17 minute part and it took me like an hour yeah wow <laughs> it's like and that's and that's one that I sort of like I had part done and like withdrawn from when I got um COVID so it's not like unfamiliar territory but I was like I'd need to not leave like I need all of the notes on this to be good so I'm not having to redo anything later on so I need to sort of like focus on that single tasking of watching once taking notes once never having to revisit it like after and um so yeah I'm just uh sort of getting you know like getting that head back in too because it's sort of like that would also be my tendency with uni is like oh I'll just do it after work but yeah. evening brain cannot handle <laughs> like uni work so um so yeah it, it is like a lot more um a lot more planning I think than I've like had to had to do in the in the past where it, in the past it hasn't really been necessary it's like I can you know like I can do that while I'm you know doing something else well now you can't mm. <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to start the whole thing back at uni with your eyes wide open about where the limitations lie and how you're going to do it differently but I kind of feel like this also might be the opportunity for you to really regain that sense of agency because you know we all know that sinking sick feeling in your tummy when you've left something too late you've procrastinated too long you know you can't catch up you know you can't do it properly you know there's just so much shame that comes with not doing things properly and dealing with the completely incontrovertible fact that you, you can't get the time back you know we don't have yeah. time turners but I kind of think for you maybe having had that experience and going whoa okay so it's going to take me longer than I thought but I know I'm not going to have time to double handle any of this the very act of you committing time to each lecture and each assignment or whatever and doing it properly the first time I can imagine that's going to be this upward cycle of whoa Zoe is this super capable on top of things student who does things on time and does things properly and is is on track you know you might find that this really helps you to regain some of some of who Zoe is I reckon yeah, I have noticed since, um, like, in, in the past, I was really good about, like, I'd get close to a deadline and productivity would go up immensely. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, whether it was, like, work or uni or whatever, and, you know, like, and that was, like, quite a motivating thing. It was, like, a kind of, like, a good amount of stress, like, the deadline is coming. you got to, yep. like, get your shit together and, like, organize it whereas now I've found that 
that is no longer the case. I don't mm. respond like that to deadlines. Like it's it's sort of coming and productivity does not increase. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, well, that's because you're I haven't, I haven't had that with, with uni, but I have had it with other things, like with sort of like making um, making a present for my mum and where I sort of like it was coming that the birthday needed <laughs> to give it to her and if anything I probably became more demotivated by the, the deadline and um and I have sort of like I haven't really sort of like noticed it that hasn't shown up in in other things where that like the deadlines are more like hard deadlines so that's a bit different but I'm like that is interesting that there's been this kind of shift where it's sort of like there's not the reserves there to have yeah. that sort of like uptick anymore and so mm. I have to be a lot more planned in yeah. everything that I'm I'm doing and a lot more realistic with the time and everything like that. So it is like, and that's, I've always been that way since I can uh, remember. So it's sort of like this real stark change in mm. like behaviour and, you know, like, and how I respond to that sort of, sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it'll be sort of interesting to just like see how that, uh, that plays out but I am also like the uni has a um has a new system uh for next year which is uh six-week terms which I imagine for a full-time student would be incredibly terrifying um yeah be intense two subjects you know in that uh in that time but for a part-time student I actually think that will work for me because it's sort of like mm. I'm only doing one subject. So it's just like one set of assessments, one set of lectures, only have to go to university once in the week, you know. And so I think that it, it's going to allow a level of hyper-focus and not having to like switch between two subjects. So, yeah, we'll see. It sounds like it might actually work quite well for you. And I guess the reality is you can't change it. So yeah, your and job is, is to work out how to make it work for you. There is, like, there's six terms, so there's also the possibility of going, like, one to four back-to-back -back and then, like, five mm. months off. So yeah, depending yeah. on how, or you can have the option of sort of spreading it out more and maybe you do two and then you have, like, a six-week break and, you know, yep. two, like, yep. so it is, like, quite flexible, but mm. how they manage to squeeze that content in to, mm. like, I'm doing a combined anatomy and physiology subject and I'm like that's really interesting <laughs> to see how they wedge that into six weeks but um but yeah that's a that's a teaching problem that's not a <laughs> that's not a yeah, you don't you don't have to worry about that bit but good luck I'm excited that you're kind of at the stage where you feel like you can go back to uni and um you know, because this this is something that you've cared about for a long time and it's something that you've worked really, really, really hard to make space for in your life and obviously COVID really derailed it. But I don't know, I'm excited, Zoe. I look forward to hearing hearing how it all goes. Yeah, it, it will be uh, like I am, 
like always the risk when you have time off uni is like am I really going to want to go back Hmm. you know like because just with everything everything else not that it's an unpleasant experience but that you just get like an insight into you know your level of time when you take a commitment away would be the same you know like if you had like time off work or you know any anything else but it is the kind of thing that like I know that I'm starting to feel better because I'm like no like I'm excited to like go back even though the subjects I'm doing this session are like some of the more snooze fest situations but <laughs> I just get it out of the way because like one is a, a ba- very basic nutrition one and the other one is a statistics one which I've heard a lot of people whinge about right <laughs> but you know like I like statistics I might like it I don't know yeah well I mean you've got to do it right so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting yeah it will be but I know you've got a meeting so I will yeah I should probably get organized but it's so nice to chat and to catch up and thanks so much for inviting me to be involved with the podcast it's um super fun just to kind of chew the fat with you and yeah Thank you so much to Jen for joining us this week on the podcast. Uh, I will link up all of her uh, social media stuff in the in the notes so you can follow her in all of the places. And uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode. If you'd like to check out more about what Operation Move does, whether you're looking for a uh, membership community or training plans or coaching, you can check all of that out at opmove.com or just shoot me a message.